I've got a marketing plan for the podcast. Have, uh, what? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> You've caught me unawares there. So I've gone instantly into oh, 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 panic. What? So, sorry, you've got a marketing plan? Yes, for the podcast. Um, what does this involve? So you know the government is sending out these little things to everyone's phone next Sunday. The emergency like response thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to make an alarm. Do you reckon they could play our podcast rather than just a standard <laughs> alarm? I think people would be very confused if they just heard me and you rabbiting on about films and some random television. Think that of the watched. numbers, though. Think of the numbers. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it might frighten people away, given that it's an emergency <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> Something terrible has happened. Oh, look, here's Mark and Elaine to tell you about it. Have you ever been to a country where this happened? No, no, I've never. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. Obviously, you have then. Yeah, Florida has them. So when I went to Florida a few years back for a friend's wedding, um, we're all sat in a restaurant and literally everyone's phone started because it doesn't make a like a just or it didn't at the time didn't make just like a standard like ring noise. <laughs> it was like proper. Well, yeah, it's an emergency, wah, wah. isn't it? Wah, 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 yeah. Wah. yeah. What was the emergency? They have them there for um, children that have gone missing. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. I was thinking like hurricanes and I was thinking, I'm sure you didn't get caught up in like Twister. No, I think there's, I think there's the different colour alerts. So there's, there's one for elderly people who uh, might be suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. Okay. There's one for vulnerable adults and I think think there's one for just general, like, yeah, Godzilla's come in. Oh, Um, sorry. Right. (laughs) Godzilla's gone missing. No, so terrible things. Terrible things are occurring. Yeah, yeah. Batten down the hatches. Earthquake, aliens. Yeah. Um, Oh, aliens. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Not really. (laughs) I mean, it would. Alert. The aliens are here. Thank you for your marketing plan. (laughs) Rejected. (laughs) Watching television, watching television. Going to start with Succession. We're going to start with Succession. And um, there are no spoilers in this. No, so, um, yeah, oh. no no spoilers for anything, to be quite honest with you. I, right, if you want to know nothing about what's happening on this season of Succession, then, I mean, fair play to you. How have you managed to get through the past week? But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I think we can talk about themes and things like yeah. that. But, yeah, we're not going to if talk you, about actual you're, plot points. I think you're right to say that if you haven't watched Succession ever and you've managed to avoid everything, or at least avoid sort of major plot points, don't listen to us. <laughs> like, just go away and, and don't listen it. to the ruse. And watch it in your own time, and then come back later, because there's no, nothing worse Hang on, I'll than... challenge you on this. What? Right? If, you, if you don't watch it, if you've never watched it ever, then I don't think anything we're going to say is going to make no, a but difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, if people are waiting to, you know, if, like, you're just going to, like, this case in point, you are watching Downton Abbey and you don't know anything that's happened in Downton Abbey, which I am finding fascinating because Downton Abbey started years ago, like proper, proper years ago. And I was wanting to shout like major plot points at you or character names, for example. And you just, it wouldn't have mattered. You, so, did, you didn't know, but so there's one you have thing, avoided there's that. one thing that I know that happens. Okay. Um, I know the fate of one character. Right. Um, who may or may not enjoy a little drive in the country or whatever. Okay, right. But... But you didn't know some other things that happened quite early on. I didn't know about um, Hugo, whatever his name is. Hugo what? Um, who's Mr. Vantouche or whatever his name is? Mr. Panook? Mr. Panook. Who's Hugo? What's his name? Well, he's just Mr. Panook. No, but his... No, but the actor's oh, name. Oh, in, in real life? Oh, I don't know. 
it's not Hugo, but it's another name right. that I think is like, <laughs> which I associate, oh, this is going to be offensive towards so many people. <laughs> but yeah, Mr. P- and I wanted to shout Mr. Panook at you because that became a, a real thing with it in series one of Downton Abbey, but you just didn't know. So that's what I'm thinking about, you know, people who take a long time to get to shows. This is a very long-winded way of getting around to what we think of Succession. So Succession has come back for its fourth season. And we have been huge fans of the first three. Um, I think it's safe to say. As of a lot, like, this has become a proper breakout hit for HBO. Um, a bit of a slow burn. I don't think many people were watching when the first series was on, but people have caught up between the series. And this is now... We're very, very nearly at getting up at five o'clock stage to watch this before work. I don't think oh, we're definitely. quite there yet. But... No, but that's because of our current lifestyle. Yes. Which is that we get up at five o'clock anyway every day because someone wakes us up so and, why make, don't we just put and it makes, on? makes us get up. Because he wouldn't watch it. That would be the thing. We don't have control of the remote control in our house. We wouldn't be allowed to watch it. Someone would tell us that it wasn't the programme that he wanted to watch. So it's not It's, it's not like we can even... Sorry, just, we've got to watch you know. Colour Blocks instead. <laughs> Um, I I agree with you. I think this has been a slow burner and now has like taken over the world where, you know, New York Times are running pro- profiles and there are so many podcasts about it as well, which I think is always, for me, it gives me a sense of how big something's got. When we did Line of Duty, when we did that fateful time that we did Line of Duty live after the episode had finished in the in the last series... I mean- can I just point out that well, all podcasts are live? No, but you know what I mean? Like, I meant straight after. Like, we didn't wait a few days. It was like yeah. our super all duper... All podcasts are live? No podcasts are live. Which one, which one is it? It's Can I speak? A... No, no, no. Theo James as well, not Hugo. God. Oh, well, Theo and Hugo. It's, it's just posh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Right. When I... The, that Line of Duty podcast, the numbers that we had for that were just phenomenal and I couldn't really understand who was listening to us at like 10 o'clock at night when we were releasing it. But that those like Line of Duty podcast became just massive and everyone and their aunt was doing a Line of Duty podcast, which really showed me that that was a, a breakout hit. It's the same with Succession. It's actually Yellow Jackets has gone the same way, but I'll come back to that later on. It just gives you an insight into, you know, you've got celebrities doing it, you've got people in their bedrooms doing it, you've got, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's really become a talking point succession. Yes. It's water cooler TV mm. in an age where water cooler TV doesn't exist. Yeah. It is, um, it's so important that this is released weekly because can you imagine if, oh like, God. it was all at once on the Netflix model? I and... think it would be that sort of thing where you've eaten, and this, this is, this isn't any reflection on me. Um, so many Easter eggs over Easter <laughs> that you you almost like you've got that sugar high and that adrenaline rush. And I think my little brain would explode if I watched all of Succession in one go. Because that's what I would need to do with it. I'd need to be like, right, next episode, next episode. So I agree with you. It would be... It, it's right that they've done this weekly reveal. Because so much happens in an episode as well. I don't breathe when I'm watching Succession. I've realised this. And certainly in the last episode which is episode three, was the last episode that we've seen. I found myself, like, I was consciously suddenly realising that I was biting my nails, which I do anyway, but biting my nails more than usual. And I wasn't breathing. I was, like, holding my breath because mm. 
things were just so heightened, I couldn't quite cope. I'm just going to take a second and explain the cons- the plot, because I think mm. there probably are people out there who've never heard of Succession, okay. because it is, it's not on BBC, it's not on Sky, uh, sorry, it's not on Netflix, it's on Sky Atlantic. Atlantic. It is the story of, essentially, the Murdochs, <laughs> yeah. just by any other well, name, the Roys. Mm, yes. Um, I think inspirational inspiration yes. has been taken Somewhere from between, major families yeah, they are they are a family business who are who own um waystar waystar royco uh, which is a conglomerate of news um, theme parks cruises so it's a little bit fox it's a little bit like disney it's a bit disney yeah yeah um and it is the story of logan roy who is the uh, patriarch of the family played by brian cox not the scientist, mm. the other one, who is getting on in years and is looking and the the battle between him and his children about who takes over the business. Um, I mean, this, yeah, it's it's a little bit like I mean that's the start of Arrested Development as well. Mm. The the TV show this goes a very different direction to Arrested Development. Yeah, but, um, and it is lots of people see it, it pigeonhole it as like a dark comedy. And I'm 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 on the fence with that a little bit because I think there are moments of levity because life has that, but I don't think of it as a comedy. I think of it as a very very well written drama that doesn't go down the routes that you would imagine, and which has dialogue which is so good, and so quick, and well written that I think it has comedic moments because. You are laughing at the the glorious nature of the words that are coming out of people's mouths, but I don't think it's a in inverted commas comedy. What do you think? So I, I think people pigeonhole that because it's created by Jesse Armstrong, although despite the, who wrote Peep Show um, most famously, uh, this is this is very much an American show though, um, and I think people that. So I think there are comedic characters. There is Cousin Greg, who is played by Nicholas Hirsch, who is very much a comedic character. Um, Roman Roy, played by Kieran Culkin, is again very much a comedic character. Right, sort of eighty percent of the time, you know, he has. Well, he's, he's, a, one, he's a quick mouth. Yes, is what he is. He's the one with the the yeah the quick wit the. Um, the, the, horrible comments. And yes. the horrible comments, yeah, and the things that you think, how can he get away with saying that? However, with Kieran Culkin, I think he has been an absolute star mm. of these. It's that other twenty percent where he just flips it. Mm. He he started out as a comedy character. I now feel like he might be the one who is best qualified to take over this okay. business. Yeah. Um. Matthew McFadden as Tom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, I'm just going to go. Through <laughs> You're just going to list cast. it if you keep going. But yeah. Matthew McFadden, I mean. Playing, he does play like Tim Nice but dim. I don't think I, I'm. I'm not convinced that is the case. I think he's someone who is sort of almost like upper middle class, done really well in sort of like the corporate world, but has got himself into a position with this incredibly rich, incredibly powerful family, and is clearly bottom of bottom of the table with yeah. that. And then has just worked his way and worked his way. And he, we haven't seen much of an um, executive acumen from Tom. Mm. But he clearly does do stuff. And he's clearly good enough to be in the positions that he's in. 
I think that we we the show doesn't necessarily show us him at work or him doing things, but he's clever in certain ways because he's the, the Machiavellian nature of it all means that he's twisting and turning with the rest of the plot and making decisions. Yes. So in some senses, you could think, oh, he's very clever in the way that he's positioned himself. But it's the and there was something in the last episode where all of that sort of went away for a moment with him. Mm. And he was just talking to someone in a very human way. And I think that's the power of Matthew McFadden's performance is that he's not just comic. He's not just, oh, isn't Tom being stupid? We know that this is a rounded character with lots mm. of different facets to them. And perhaps if he was in a marriage that worked, yeah, he wouldn't feel the need to maybe put down other people or mm. to have that quite abusive relationship with Greg. I think the fact that we have spent all this time sort of just almost like going through different characters, I mean, we haven't even got to some of the main characters yet, is really testament to the fact that this is, for me some of the best television that I've ever watched. I look forward to every episode. I don't want to look up spoilers. I don't want to know, you know, I got spoiled really quite badly for one of the recent episodes and I was gutted. Like I was properly annoyed because I wasn't looking for spoilers. I just happened to look at something and an idiot had put a major plot point out there, not even trying to hide it Mm. or say, oh, this is an important episode or something like that. Um, I, I genuinely think the the write, the writing process as well. I've listened to a, a lot of podcasts. I've watched a lot of stuff about the writing process. I just think these are incredibly talented people, all working together, and there's some sort of chemistry happening there that makes this show so watchable, even though the people in it are completely not the sort of people that we would ever want to hang around with. They're not anywhere near our social circle. They are just, you know, there's so much grotesque use of power and throwing away of money and throwing away of privilege that they're really quite unlikable as people. And And yet... That is the argument that I've heard from Mm. people who can't get into the show is that... Why would I want to watch unlikable rich people? Mm. And fair enough, I think I think this is a better show than the show that they think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and I, you're quite right. I think they humanise these people um, to show that they are... I think it shows just how horrible money can make people as yes. well. And, the, and how money doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, having said that, I really would love one of those cruises <laughs> where you just waited on 24 Or oh, someone to come along and, like, where's my helicopter? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm waiting yeah. for my helicopter. Or just, like, lots of um, people in the show have PAs. Lots of people have, like, personal assistants that just do things for them. They just ring them and go, right, I want this, this and this, and that. I'd like that in the next minute, thank you. You know, something on the phone. And I'm like, oh, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Someone to just do stuff. Yeah, 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 like just yeah. sort your life out for you. But that—that that is the the main point for me is that the cleverness is that even when it's someone who you can't really find yourself, you know, you're thinking, how do I connect with this person? You do. You connect with them on a human level. You take the money away. You take, you, you know, 
you're going through jealousy, you're going through marriage breakdown, you're going through um, where you're positioned in a family, all of, you know, toxic parenting, (laughs) you know, all of those things where you go, oh, I, you know, I recognise those things. And yes, it might not be, I might not be in a chateau with a parent who's being abusive or, you know, sort of like emotionally abusive, but I can recognise that those relationships occur in real life. It's, I think it's absolutely brilliant, which is why I'm still going on about it. Worth saying that this is the last series. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's like that thing in Scream, cards are, all cards are on the table. And yeah, um, and we have seen storyline progression beyond what we have seen, you would typically see in a series, even in the first three, um, three episodes of this. I can't wait. Like this is yeah. a definite. If if we were watching this on, to do the test, I would watch this before I watched um, Only Connect. <laughs> Which is, is that's wow. Okay, so on a Monday night, you would hold your horses on Only Connect, and you would watch Succession first. I think that's what wow. I put on the poster for uh, yeah, the next episode. Yeah. yeah, would watch before Only Connect. <laughs> Mark Gregerson, honeymoon period podcast. Well, it's good job only connects finished at the moment because you know uh, you don't have to make that choice. I mean, that would be that definitely, yeah, <laughs> it would be hard, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, big big recommend from us. I don't think we're saying anything that anyone. I don't think we're coming up with anything that anyone else wouldn't wouldn't say. But no. I think it's really important to acknowledge what a major show this is. I mean, I I cannot imagine anything being my, you know, show of the year. To be quite honest with you, I mean they've still got time to fuck this. They have, they have, but I don't think they will. I genuinely, I'm not worried. Which the aliens are really not worried. <laughs> You're obsessed with the aliens tonight, love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yellow jackets. Yes. We are in the second series. Well, one of us is. Well, one of us, one of us is. So normally we watch this together. We watch yeah. the whole of season one together. We really enjoyed it, didn't we? I mean, it was very much um, a show that was appearing on our top 10 list last year. It appeared on both of ours, yeah. yeah. Um, and really enjoyed the... Um, the it, it's so rare, you know, to have a show that has so many women at the heart of it, where it's not just, let's look at the women all together in their 20s, um, going out and going partying and things like that, because you get, you know, shows like that. I'm, I'm thinking sort of like Sex in the City, for example. This is about women as they are now, lots of different in lots of different ways, lots of different types of women, but also them as teenagers as well. So it's you're really getting that dual narrative of what of teenage girls and how they react, but also what happens when they grow up. Yeah, for the people who haven't heard of this, this is a story of a high school soccer team who crash traveling to a tournament and a plane in the 90s in the 90s um, the flash crashed in the middle of a canadian forest um n- no one around for miles so they have to get by on each other and it's a dual it flips between timelines of them and also the people once they have come home and dealing with the tragedy and looking out yeah how, how they deal with it and how they look after each other mm-hmm. and also how they cope with what they became in the in, in the forest yeah and we don't really know what completely happens so we're starting to learn that as you know as the episodes go on you get a little bit more and a little bit more yes. and the, as the two timelines sort of um increase 
and there's this all this element this this potentially supernatural element as well so the show tells us in various ways that there might be something in the forest that there might be a presence or, or something going on or it could be all in their minds it could be coincidence yeah exactly yeah 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 there's yeah there is it people seem to be having visions or having but of course when you are completely starving, when you don't have anything around you, when you're stuck in the wilderness, you might start to have some sort of visions. You might be mentally unwell and you haven't got access to medication. So there's all those things that it's pulling at it, your mind quite a lot of, is this real or is this in their minds? And I quite enjoy that. I, I'm a bit worried it's going to kind of go maybe down one route or another because I'm quite liking the ambiguity. But the other thing to mention is that this absolutely scares the shit out of me. Um, I am terrified of this show. I find it really hard to watch, particularly if I'm watching it by myself. I really find it hard. There's a lot of horror in there. There's a lot of psychological horror. There is some gore as well, which I'm not that worried about. But it there's there's a darkness to it mm. at times that scares me. Okay. And that has come about more recently because, to pull it around to what you were going to say... I started um, Yellow Jacket. Did I start it with you? Or did I start it separately? I can't Season remember. two, I yeah. wasn't well the weekend before that I went away. It. So you started it. Yes, I started it. I knew we hadn't watched it together. I started it. And then when you um, went away um, to Los Angeles recently, I carried on watching it. And I am now completely up to date at episode four. And I'm, I've not watched any with you. And I've had to sit when I've been watching it by myself, behind a pillow, and I've had to fast forward through certain things, and I've found it really, really hard without having you here as, like, backup. If you're sitting in a house by yourself, like, just a quiet house, watching it, it's te- for me, it's terrifying. So I have, you know, um, not wanting to go down to a romantic route, I have missed sitting with you and watching this. I don't know why I'm not watching this. That was going to be my next question. Um, so I, I took the... Like I say, I was ill when the first episode was on and I was just trying to sleep it off before I went away. I took it, took the episode on the plane with me and I watched the first episode of the second series and it just did not hook me at all. And there's loads of like really noteworthy things going on and but I just don't understand what it is. Mm. All I can say is that there is very complex plots in this um, and very complex relationships. And I don't think I remembered a lot of them very well. And that might be why I was on the end. It was also like watching things on a plane on a tablet is never good when the sun's shining through the window. And it might be that I need to give it another shot on a telly on a quiet night and something like that. But yeah, the first episode just did not just did not get me at all um i want to watch it because this is one of my favorite shows of last year and i like i I think it's got brilliant actresses in there i really hope it's not got a supernatural thing to it and i think that might be a jump the shark moment for me if there is i'm happy them just living in this world and it being a bit lord of the frail flies with women um not that I've read a lot of the front flies, <laughs> but, but you know yeah, the, the yeah, references. I'm aware of the concept. Again, this isn't a surprise to me because I think there have been some rumblings of this 
sort of in the podcasting world and in um, the reviews that I've read, when I got to episode three, I I tweeted to say that I felt that the plot lines were now becoming so just so many and so complicated that I was finding it hard to sort of keep going with them. Yes. But also it meant that we were jumping backwards and forwards in time a huge amount between different people. And actually I really wanted to spend more time with the the teenage girls. Yes. Back in the wilderness to understand how they were living, how they were coping, the different relationships that they were forming there. And when we were going back to the present day, I found myself getting, not bored, but just not feeling as, I suppose, pulled to watch that. You know, you don't yes. feel that compulsion to like stay with it and think, oh, wow, brilliant. I'm with, you know, this character and I really want... And certain characters and their storylines, I was, I'm genuinely now just not interested in. So there's a, a character called Shauna who is there's quite a central plot line with her in the past in the 90s yeah and particularly between her and her best friend jackie and things that have gone on with them and then in the present day shauna who's played by melanie you're gonna have to remind me of is it linsky this surname so melanie linsky who's brilliant it was absolutely brilliant i love her in season one i really loved watching what older shauna was doing and what Mm. younger shauna was doing in the second series, older Shauna and her family dynamic just isn't doing anything for me. And we're spending quite a lot of time with her yeah. and her husband and her daughter. And you're kind of like, it's just not going anywhere. It's it's just them doing stuff. Yeah. And I find, I'm finding myself not enjoying being with that character, which is just very odd compared to, you know the season one yes there were also all of the i suppose season one we knew of certain characters and certain characters fates because we saw the older versions of them and some people it was sort of just left we didn't know whether they had died in the forest or later on or if mm. they just weren't around they have brought in older versions of other characters and one of them one older version i just cannot marry the teenage girl with this older actress people keep saying that it's a really good match and i'm finding it really hard because when she comes on screen i cannot get my hat i just think you are an actress i don't think oh you're an older version Mm. of the character that i'm seeing in the past whereas for example there's a character played by juliette lewis and i can absolutely see the the body language, mm. the way that the mind's working, the voice, you know, it's like those two actresses have, the younger and the older, have really worked on marrying their character together. Same with the Shauna character. You can really, it's almost like it's a family member. But this character, the older version of them, I just can't get my, I just can't do it. I find it's a performance rather than a true representation. I think in some cases, like, the casting on season one was so great Mm. that, like, it just becomes, like, muscle memory to say, oh, yeah, and the casting in this is so brilliant. Yeah, and I think Mm. we've seen some really good um, older, younger casting in recent years. I'm thinking of, like, the It movies. Yeah. 
Um, thinking of what was that show? Um, what was the show with Amy Adams? And there was a younger version of oh, her. Oh yes, and yeah, it was, and it was a Sky show, wasn't yeah. it? And it was she was in. She had like an abusive relationship, Sharp but that's it. That's yes. <laughs> just you got that. Movie. Yeah, mm. and there's a younger version there that mm, really, really, really yeah, good. really yeah. good. But yeah, um, I think we've got so good at this now that I think when there's a poor one that slips through, mm. it's quite easy that people just go, oh, "Probably just yeah, probably yeah. probably good." Yeah, we'll go I just can't marry the two. It just even just mm. the way that they're speaking, it's like the older version has an accent that the younger one doesn't have, and mm. yeah, it just doesn't quite quite work. But anyway. I still really love this show. Like, I, I know I'm sort of sound like I'm going on a downward slope with it. Episode four, pull me back in a little bit. Okay. There's a brilliant use of, um, and, and it is throughout the whole of the show, there's a brilliant use of um, 90s music. And there were some amazing edits and direction that I really enjoyed in episode four, particularly between Christina Ricci and, um, oh, he's uh, Lord of the Rings. He's, he's Frodo, who... Elijah Wood. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't even have to say anything. I didn't you even did, know he was in this. You didn't, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Well, he's in one of the earlier episodes. Oh, sorry. If you I don't think he's in the first episode, okay. but then I was I was half asleep on a plane. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, there's, there's a really lovely piece of direction between those two that I really okay. enjoyed. So you've got that to come if you carry on with it. But I do, I do think I you will. should. I will. I do think you should. And I'm happy to watch them again with you, you know, because no. I think... I, okay. Because you shout out things that you shouldn't. And we've seen this so many times. <laughs> like, remember when I was watching True Blood? No. And you were like, oh, is that the one that's a... I can't remember what the thing Werewolf. was. You found out... No, you found out that he's a... And I can't remember what it was yet. But yeah, it was like, <laughs> nope, he's just a character that's just rocked up and would you just standard person at the minute but thanks for that yeah oh yeah oh, okay. oh she's a fairy isn't she no that's not been that's not been revealed yet yeah I don't think I said that you did, did you I? genuinely did yes yeah could we talk yeah. about jury detail you can't yeah go on you this, is, on this this is a show which no one seems to be talking about because I think this is on Amazon Freebie do you know do you know what Amazon Freebie is but it's Amazon Prime isn't it no oh okay no then so you know when we watched there you this, are. you know when we watched this, and there was adverts in it. Yes, and you kept, yeah, you fast forward it. No, you back. can't fast forward through the you adverts. Can't fast forward. No, really. Yes. I th- I don't think I was watching particularly well. This is going to be a good review. Yeah, from you, yeah, I think it's going to be a review yeah. from you. Yeah. yeah, because you said you would put it on because we were. Sorry, everyone. You said that you. Were, you said, oh, what, what is there to watch? I was like, oh, there isn't anything to watch. And you just said, oh, can I just put this jury duty on? I said, yes, I'll just sit on my laptop. Yes. So I've sort of half watched it with you. Yeah. Mm. So this is a show that's on Amazon Freebie. I think it's just called Freebie. I don't think it's even called Amazon. I think you've said Amazon Freebie about 10 times now. Mm. You're trying to get us a sponsorship from there. Which is the free version of Prime Video. Um, anyone can get this. Just go on the Amazon website and click on, like, that too, it must be freebie, I guess. But there's an app on for most TVs, most tablets, or anything for freebie. Um, and it's stop laughing. I just want to count how many times you can say freebie. And it's ad supported, so you don't have to pay anything for it. I suspect you have to register just to yeah, enter your details. But it, most people, I would think, have an Amazon account. And yeah, just type in jury duty. This is the first thing that comes up, obviously. This is a reality TV show 
um, of a it's a retelling of a fake um, jury trial 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 by jury. I've only seen the first episode, so we're not actually entirely sure what the trial is yet. But we're going through the jury selection process. Um, there are a number of actors that are in this process, and there is one guy who is unaware that this is a fake stitcher. I mean, they're all actors. So every single person, this is a, a, a fake courtroom. This is a, um, mm. a courtroom that was, uh, wasn't was being used, a, a courthouse that wasn't yeah. being used. And so they took it over, dolled it all up. They got all the bit part actors, all the people in the background, they're all actors. People outside, they're all actors. And then the main cast, obviously, are, are, are acting as well. So it's not just... Um, they've got a couple of people into a building that's in use. They have created almost like a Truman Show-esque. Yes. Every single person involved and every single person in the vicinity is an actor, mm. bar this one guy. And there is there is a precedence for this. Like in TV, there was an American TV show called The Josh Mercer Show, which was like putting one person into a reality TV show. Um, do you remember Space Cadets? No, I don't. It was a Channel 4 show presented by Johnny Vaughan where they put some people into space mm-hmm. and then um, they, they weren't really in space. They were just in a, <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. And then they brought them down. I think... It, the, was that like a big brother in space then or was, was there acting yes. involved in that? Uh, well, no, they just... I mean, there was acting from people who were part of the crew. Oh, right, okay. That, that yeah. back, in, back in NASA. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever okay. it was. I think it was let down at one point when a fly got in the no. thing. <laughs> like, how is this here? Um, but yeah, this is this is an, a new attempt at this concept. Uh, it's been a little while. I thoroughly enjoy this. I don't care how real this is or isn't because this is closer to something like The Office for me as well because these are really, really good improv- improvisational actors mm-hmm. who, as part of this being a filmed trial, whether it's real or not, they are playing the part. They are having to go to the camera and do these things, almost like if it was The Office um, mm-hmm. and we get the equivalent of like Tim or Dawn coming up to the camera and talking to it. And these people are playing a part. Um, the ace in the hole here is a member of the jury is James Marsden. The actual actor. Yes. Playing an asshole version of himself mm. who is egotistical. So he sails up to someone. Someone comes up to him for a selfie who's, again, an actor. And so the the um, Ronald, the guy who is in, not in on the joke, goes, oh, God, I just realised you're from um, you're, you're from the you're X-Men. X-Men. Yeah, and he's you're like, well, yeah, I was in also in the... Um, it's also in... I, Sonic I, the yeah, movie so, Westworld so, and he just really yeah Westworld notebook. yeah the notebook. the notebook and then he goes and then and, and then he goes oh I thought that I thought that woman there was wearing Sonic socks I was in Sonic as well mm. and so Ronald goes oh yeah that, that film's pretty pretty rubbish and he's like oh yeah I'm, I'm one of the leads and you see the guy's yeah. face like and then he gets interviewed about it um, so uh, the joy of this is I don't care mm-hmm. how true to life this is. I don't care if Ronald is revealed to be an actor yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just enjoying this for just awkward comedy humour mm-hmm. in the same way as The Office, in the same way that I enjoy um, anything like that, mm-hmm. really. Um, it's it's excruciating at times watching someone go through this because there is a guy who 
you know, there's a juror who tries to get out of this by claiming that he is racist. And then you turn around and there is, he's surrounded by black people and a black foreman of the, uh, a black, um, uh, she's, it's like the clerk. Yeah, the clerk. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the word I'm looking for. But also people turn around like you just saying, him having to remember, oh, I'm, I'm not actually racist. And yeah. people turn around and go, that's a bad thing to say. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't say that. And it's very true to life in, you know, you, there's a lot of times where you think, God, these are so good as as actors because we we know mm. they're actors. We but they're really good improvisational actors. They're reacting in the way that someone would. So when, for example, you're going around a room and everyone has to give one word, some people are a bit over the top, but other people just go, "My word is fine. I'm fine." You know, yeah. as as normal people would do, they wouldn't all be mm. heightened responses. So I'm enjoying that, and I think it's interesting that you keep mentioning the office because. I think I, I listened listen to an interview that James Marsden did recently uh, talking about this. And I'm sure he mentioned that the people behind this were behind the, the office oh. because he said, oh, and I loved the office. And they said, oh, this is what we are wanting to do is almost like recreate the atmosphere and the, the vibe of the office. So I'm sure there's an office connection somewhere. Ah, uh, so it is produced and created by Lisa, Lee Eisenberg, who um, was one of the producers on the American office. So yeah, so, so that, yeah, that, that that's interesting sense. then that you didn't know that and that's what you took out of it. And that's the sort of the, and that's what he said he really wanted to do. They wanted to create that. So um, James, if you're listening, you've done it. <laughs> yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, I... I'm the same as you. Yes. I don't really care about the trial. I don't really care about... Not that I don't care about Ronald, but I don't care if Ronald is revealed to be a plant or if he gets it halfway yes. through. That's not what you're watching it for. I'm watching it for the the skill of the acting. Yeah. And, the, and, constant, and not being an actor thinking oh how would you respond how would you know to respond what would you do because you've got no director telling you oh go into this zone or go over here and then you're going to go there there's no breaks you've just got to keep on it like you're on the whole time because the other part of this at the end of the first episode the because james marsden tries to get mobbed by some people to get him removed from the trial (laughs) um he is the jury is sequestered so they will have to be on 24-7. I guess yeah. it's like a posher, a, a posher version of that Star Wars hotel where you go yes. for uh, two nights. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so they all have to stay and he can't go home and other people can't go home, so they've all got to be together. And yeah, and clearly it's going to get more and more absurd, isn't it, as time goes on. Yes. Once, once we get into the trial, things are going to happen that, you know, this guy is going to be like, what is happening here? Uh, but I think the beauty of it is that it would be difficult to sort of work out that something weird's going on. Yes, uh, yeah. Because, like, the judge seem really does... It's very well cast. Judge seems like a proper old-school judge, saying all the right things, doing all the right things. James Marsden is playing a really... You know, he's playing the narcissistic Hollywood actor, so the things that he's doing, you kind of think, yeah, you actually someone's going to bound to have done that in the past. And you kind of, like, think, yeah, he would do that. So yeah, it's it's very good. It is very good. Yeah. I'm I'm not compelled to watch. Okay. It, you know, like I think if you had it on in the background, I'd be happy. I'd happily watch it. But I don't feel like it's not like a program, like other ones that we've talked about tonight, where you just kind of like, oh, I really want to know what happens next. But 
I think it's an interesting concept, and I'm happy to watch it when you when you are. I think it's it's half an hour episodes. Like I said, it's easy to watch. It is free. Um, you can watch it, and they're releasing it weekly. So, I suspect there are things coming that will reveal themselves. Then that's the reason why they're doing it weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I, I would really check this out, and I think more people should be watching it, and less people will know about it because of the freebie, freebie. section of it. I've got some films to talk about. Yes, yes, let's talk films. Saturday night at the movies Who cares what picture you see When you're hurry with your baby Last row in the balcony I've been to see Shazam. The children's film, Shazam. Isn't it? I'm, I'm not saying that in a sort of like a... Do you remember watching the first Shazam? I do, and I, I remember enjoying it. I do remember enjoying it, but it's very sort of like YA, isn't it? It's very, it's 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 skewed towards teenagers, I would say. Yeah. So this is the this is the second in the series of the Shazam films, um, the part of the DC extended universe, which soon very well maybe no more, <laughs> no more. <laughs> reset, um, and is the story of a child um, who's going through the foster system who, because of his good heart, gets given powers where he can become... An adult. Another, yeah, and and, and then with the powers of someone like Superman, he can mm. fly, he's got extra strength. Strong, he can, yeah. yeah. First one did really, really well. I think it was a breath of fresh air in quite, because it's quite comedic. And in the DC Extended Universe, it was a, like, a, like I say, breath of fresh air and a different turn. This hasn't done well. Probably because it's a lame duck story that's not going to be um, not going to be followed up. Although they try their best with the um, with with post credits things and stuff yeah, like that. They, right. I think part of the problem is I don't know who this film is for, mm. and because this is very much written from the like like it is a kids' film, but then they have people being dropped off buildings and you know not just unnamed goons either like characters that we have met and spent time with and not being dropped off like a superhero it's like just civilians like and I was like I don't quite understand what's going what's going on here yeah it sounds like a real mix doesn't it of, yeah of like something that you might see in a marvel a marvel film yeah I don't want to bring up marvel with a dc but something you might see in a marvel film that's more um, for people who are maybe in their, their 20s and above. The bad guys. Do you know who the bad guys are in this? Yeah, it's Helen Mirren um, and Lucy Liu. Yes, that's right. I'm never quite sure of their powers. I'm never quite sure of their motivations other than, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, the the, the motivations are quite unclear other than just come up and fuck up some shit on Earth. But this is by MacGuffin that's next to a MacGuffin and if they get both the MacGuffin and the MacGuffin then the MacGuffins can happen and yeah and you can get away with that in a kids movie but I wish it was more like have you ever seen the Spy Kids films? No but I think I've probably caught a bit of them on the telly like on a Sunday afternoon I think they're a lot of fun a lot of fun and And, well and just I can sit back and watch them as Mm. a kids film and enjoy them yeah I, I didn't really enjoy this film. Okay. I don't think it's well... I'd... It's not done well. No, no. I mean, Zachary Levy is absolutely fine as Shazam. 
Um, and I think Asher Angel is decent as Billy Batson. Um, Jack Dylan Grazier as Freddy is um, a really, really sympathetic character. He's He's got problems walking. He walks with, a, um, with, with crutches. And that plays into a lot of the storylines in that he's, in the end of the first Shazam, and spoilers for this, he gives all his other fellow foster kids powers, which annoyed me because it's kind of like... <laughs> Is it about Shazam or is it about all of them? All oh, these other kids, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose then they become a bit like Mike Moore from Power Rangers, don't they, all together as a gang? And that's the thing, yeah. yeah. Um, Adam Brody plays the superhero Freddy really, really well, playing the same as the um, Fleischman in Trouble. Um, oh, playing the character yeah. there, yeah, yeah. Rachel Ziegler appears in this. Okay. Um, she comes into this. Um, I've seen her since West Side Story. No, she's not done anything. Mm. Um, I, I suppose that came out just before or just during COVID, so yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. I've got issues with. I think if we go back to our West, um, West, not Westworld, mm. West Side Story review, I think I had problems with her carrying sort of the emotional weight of that film. That obviously isn't the case in Shazam. That there's not that much emotional weight, and she's a really, really refreshing presence. Like she brightens up the screen every time she's on. Yeah, seems really, really. Like yeah, she's she's got the charisma that I think is needed in this film, but yeah, it's a it's a two star film. Um, it's I mean there is one of the worst pieces of of product placement I have ever seen in a film, like you know, like where the the the, the Chekhov's gun is a proper product placement and gets the full thing along with the catchphrase of the company. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's... It, it, it made me cringe and I'm like... And I've just been to WrestleMania. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, just, I've just seen that. Hell in a Cell brought to you by <laughs> the Pope's Exorcist. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It was... I think these need to be better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully James Gunn can do something with them. I mean, there's been a lot of to and fro between The Rock and Zachary Levy. I think The Rock was supposed to be in this. Okay. The one moment that I liked about this was a fun... There is a fun play on the fact that this is a lesser lesser superhero movie. Okay. So there is a nudging of an awakening. Yeah. 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 In the Mm -hmm. same way that sort of Deadpool sort of... Mm. Everyone knows going into Deadpool that it's not really... Like it, you're not going to get really cramped. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There is, there is a part of this that plays on that, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, it's it, it. It made me laugh. Uh, that was probably the only point. I just wish this was more fun. Okay. I know it's been ages, but mm. do you want to talk about Creed Let's three? Creed three, because we we haven't in our normal life, and it's so been a not. month or two. Yeah, and, as, and actually, I've not seen many people talking about Creed three, so I'd, I'd like to to sort of get something out there in the podcasting world. Yeah. Because there must be other people who have been to see it. Yeah. So Creed 3 is the story of... Um, Adonis Creed. Adonis Creed, thank you. You're I was, welcome. Yeah. Um, son of Apollo Creed, um, protégé of Rocky. Uh, he is now coming to the end of his career. He is settling down. And a character from his past comes through who, um, who... who threatens to rock his perfect lifestyle. Yeah, and this is directed by Adonis Creed himself, Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Which, in his first, in his directorial debut, isn't it? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and my history with with the, uh, the Creed films has been very positive. I love a boxing film. 
I love any sort of like martial arts, fighty fighty films. Um, I love the UFC. <laughs> I love boxing. I like. I really. I don't know why that. And I love a sports movie. Really, really love a sports movie. Being well, have I got a weekly a weekly sporting soap opera for you? <laughs> don't even start. Don't even start. But yeah, I, I mean, I, wa- I watched the wrestling movie that fighting with my family. Oh, I watched yeah. that. See, so I, I do every now and again buy into your WrestleMania. Oh look, no pun intended. Your WrestleMania. Right, let's carry on. Um, so yeah, I love a sports movie, and I really, even though we all know the arc of a sports movie, it's like, oh, are they going to win? Are they not going to win? Someone comes along who's a big baddie, and then they win at the end. I, I just, I really quite enjoy that personally. I, lo- I really love a montage. Um, I love the whole idea of someone looking like they. And so the storyline tells us, oh, they're really out of shape when actually they look, <laughs> they look like yes. a god, and then they're like. Then they have to get back into shape, and then over, you know, and they're they're running, and the music comes. You know, I just that, that sports movies really do it for me. So, I I really really liked Creed One, and Creed Two, which obviously had the Sylvester Stallone element to it as well. Creed yeah. Three does not. Um, Sylvester Stallone does not appear in this film. I think he's an executive producer, but I suspect that is illegal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah. Um, and I went into Creed Three just full of. Um, sort of happiness and let's just go with it let's just you know see see where see where we are um i have to say i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it and that might be because of all the things i've talked about about the sports movie because this does do those things yes there are montages there are people pulling planes with their bodies there is a baddie who might not be as bad and you know i mean there's there's nothing in this film that is complicated at all. And even when you think, oh, they might be about to do something quite interesting, they don't. I enjoyed some of the directorial flashes that Jordan brings in, or B. Jordan, um, brings in. There are some interesting things in the ring, things that I hadn't seen before. And I came out of it thinking, I've had a really good time in this film. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realised that there were major plot holes and major problems with it. But I have to say, I, I, I did really like it for what it is. I liked it for what, for what it was. I had a, a good time at the cinema with it and it, it didn't disappoint me. What, what, what did you think about it? Okay. Um, so I think that Michael B. Jordan's direct, direction is, is excellent. Um, there is a shot that's been well shared online, but uh, like where Damien, the guy from his past who comes up, mm-hmm. is sat in his dressing room and there is a wall separating him from the corridor into the dressing room and Adonis is walking out of it and it is absolutely beautiful I think it, the, the cinematography is yeah. very good, so I think we need yeah. to give credit to cinematography as well as the direction. Mm. There are some beautiful shots of just, I mean, like in a montage, someone running up the Hollywood Hills yeah. is always going to work at, at, at magic hour, yeah. just as the sun's setting, the orange skies over the uh, over the Hollywood Hills. Mm. Drone shot, it's it's going to be good, you know, mm. like, it, it, it's, but it. I've seen far worse directorial performances. For me, Michael B. Jordan, and this is the problem with a lot of debut directors that I find, they try to get their shit in. 
Um, and for me, he tries to do that during the final thing. And for me, that didn't work. What the, When you say the final thing, you mean the final... The final fight. Final, yeah. yeah, okay. It's very stylized, and it does things that I've not seen before, but it just didn't work for me. Okay. Um, it didn't work for me at all, and it took me out of the film. And, like, I can understand... I see what he's going for. For me, it's a swing and a miss. I've heard other people who really liked that and thought it tied into the themes of the films but now for me that didn't work um for me this is a really really tight two-hour film and you know what you're gonna get like the second this comes in you can draw the line of where this goes but for me i this is gonna be a rarity of me saying this needs an extra 15 minutes on it yeah um there is a jump of someone getting a plate in a boxing match mm. that 100% would never ever happen. So Damien I'm not going to I'm not going to do major spoilers but mm. Damien gets put in a boxing match for his debut match that he would never ever mm. ever get. And I think what you need is just 10 minutes of him or even 5 minutes of montage of him just taking apart like low level boxers so that he has a record and then he can step into the match that, that, that yeah that yeah he, to, to show yeah. you that progression and i think there are other times as well particularly around the damien character where we see his life change well we don't see his life changing actually you scrap that we see his life has changed yes quite significantly he's with a, a nameless sort of completely um non-speaking woman (laughs) which is always interesting isn't it who's in an apartment that um it looks very grand and doesn't look like where he might have been living five months ago i would like to see how that money was made i would like to see where this woman came from you we seem to be dropped into his life yes and we don't see where that has come from and i think you're right i think you need montage is your friend but also maybe some some other scenes to show the progression of time and to show the change in that character in particular. Yeah, I mean, I also thought Tessa Thompson had very mm. little to do in this. Yeah, um, I, I thought there was going to be... A, I, I wonder whether there was a plot line, you know. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but I wonder whether there was a plot line that was then taken out afterwards yeah. because they seemed to be going down a certain path Yeah, and then it just didn't yes. happen. And then she her characters seem to change their mind yeah. on the turn of a die. You know, yeah, it so sounds I agree like with it's you. been focus groups. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree I agree with you. We have to mention obviously Jonathan Majors mm. since this film has been released and since since Ant Man and Quantum Mania, there have been, oh, he's, been, been he's been arrested. Yeah, he's been arrested yeah. um for domestic abuse mm. and it, you if you look on if you look online there are allegations being made of mm. around his character. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot of filmmakers in a lot of problems mm. um, by the by things that he has signed up for and mm. franchises that are planned around him. But yeah, yeah. And, it, and it makes it very uncomfortable for me to say what I'm going to say now. Um, obviously, we don't know the outcome of that. You yes. know, when someone's arrested, it doesn't mean they've they've done anything. Yeah. Um, but when someone's someone's arrested, they haven't yet been through a court process, so yeah. it's important to say that. But Jonathan Majors is is a is a brilliant actor um and he absolutely steals the show in this film yeah and i think the facial acting it's almost like he's a like there's something that's going on in the way that his his mouth in the way that he speaks in the 
the lines across his face tell a story that the you know the words coming out of his mouth don't need to, to do i thought he his physical performance in this in particular was really really good and i think like i say he, he stole he stole the show yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you wouldn't you wonder what might have had all of the of whatever's going on in his private life if if that means that there aren't going to be any other film or filmmakers mm. decide not to go down that route yeah because i was thinking would this be cut where's the franchise going to go from from here and i did wonder whether he would become part of that you well, know. i've got a different idea where this franchise i is also go. have a different idea where the franchise. yeah they do seem to be trying to set something up at the end rolls um, eyes yeah i know i thought you might be that i don't mind that at all i, I think any um, um there are there are no spoilers here but i think i think they might, might be going down the route of you know maybe it's not just men that box um which for me as a woman i would love to see that i would love to see a a rocky film or a um and a creed film like an up-to-date i'm not talking about some of the old because i know there have been films of women boxing um but i'd love to see an up-to-date a contemporary version of women boxing um with that glamour with that Mm. um with that styling that a creed film has like Sort of big prize money, sort oh, of spotlight. I just see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> About a million dollars. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably not call him like such a such bad word like baby or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, um, yes. But yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I, mm, I yeah. enjoyed it. I, with it. I, I, I find I like things to be a little bit believable. And I say that as someone who's just walked out of WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, and I don't think, I think there are problems in the script that could have been easily resolved yes. um, to not make this... Yeah, yeah. I, I want to shout out the yeah, thing, but I yeah, know. yeah. Um, final film of the podcast is what that I haven't seen, but that's only because I've. It, it's a franchise film again. So and this is number four in, in, the, yeah. in the series. So um, there was no point in me coming with you to, to see number four when I had... I've only seen number one, and this is John Wick. Have you only seen one? I've only seen John Wick one. I want to say John Wick one, but it's not John Wick one, it's just John Wick. Yeah, I've only seen... And I, you know what they've been showing on Sky? They've been showing some of the other films, and I think if I had a very different life, I could quite happily just sit on the sofa and watch two, three, and four, you know, sort of like every couple of nights. Yeah. But I don't have that life, so I'm not able to. Well, watch two and three and then go and see four with you. I'd, I would really like to follow, because I understand that, and you maybe you tell us about this in a moment, I understand that there's more law to it, that they have created a law around the John Wick sort of sequels um, that maybe I would find quite interesting. And I, what I don't want to do is go jumping into the fourth one and not really understanding the background to it. Uh, have you, You've clearly seen all of them then. Yes, that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, so, that's a big sign. Right, so I would say there is a law mm. around this that they have set up. Um, I would suggest that the law is, oh well, there's some, um, oh well, that'd be convenient just for this moment at this certain point, and we won't reference this at any other point in the future films. Mm-hmm. I really liked in the first John Wick film the fact that they kind of when they went to the Continental, which is the hotel, they kind of hinted to this underworld yes, code or anything like yeah, that. And I think hints, the fact that yeah. this was 
kind of touched upon but never fully shown. Mm. I think that I really, really enjoyed that. There's some intrigue that. there, isn't there? Yeah. There is now. Oh, yeah, so there's some coins that everyone has which are never... Well, that's probably an episode two thing. There is, like, the code of the of the things, but that's only really an episode three thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there is this high table, which is really an episode four thing, mm-hmm. and none of which shall ever the twain can be. I'm not fully um, versed in them. I've only seen any of these films once. So, you know, I might be getting this totally wrong and there might be some really deep written law that is sewed through this that I don't get. I suspect not. Um, what these are, are absolutely exceptional action films. Mm. I could s- sum up the plot of this in in one, in one sentence. <laughs> John Wynn. John Wynn. John Wynn. Who's he? John Wick. Killing people. That's just what happens. The John Wick films are darlings of the movie critic world because it references all these um, Japanese and Chinese and Far Eastern martial arts films and it, the, 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 the stunt work on this is absolutely top notch. And it is. But if we criticise the fast films for going from location to location loading up set piece after set piece with very very little plot you probably could bring these these films into this as well uh, the John Wick films because this goes from the Far East through to France um, there is scenes in the USA and it is just set piece after set piece and then they do, and then they do a little tour of uh, Paris do you care because you know sometimes with the, when you go into a fast film for example you know that's what you're going to get. You know you're not going to get complicated plotting, but you're going to see all these different things and you're going to see brilliant action. Um, do you care with the John Wick franchise? Did you care with four that that's what was happening? <laughs> yes, I know. Like th- every single action set piece on this left my jaw on the floor. But it's three hours long, okay. and that's a long time for like. That is long. Yeah, it, for that, if this one hundred percent. These are elongated fight scenes. You know that these go on for you know probably up to sort of for half an hour at a time, and I think a twenty minute, twenty minute, twenty minute, mm-hmm. yeah, or, or just cut ten minutes off 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 each one, and everyone comes out more refreshed and happy. Um, that's how it feels. The uh, Keanu Reeves is obviously brilliant in this. Uh, Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. He's never going to. But he... I, I, I just, I find it really hard when people say that because he hasn't got to this stage without doing something. He, he, it might not be that he's a dramatic, you know, a dramatic actor like. I can't think of any dramatic actors off the top of it. But let's Lawrence say, Olivia. You know, yeah, exactly. Like you know, you're he's probably not going to be up for the acting awards and the Oscars and that sort of thing. But I don't think you can say that he is a bad actor because acting comes in lots of different shapes and sizes. And for what he is doing here, I think he is a phenomenal actor. I know you're not going to agree with me, but I think it's really... I think it's really hard to say, well, only these people are good actors. To put the, you're only going to get plaudits if you do this or if you're this type of person. I think you can be 
a phenomenal actor in lots of different ways. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's me fine. getting on my soapbox. My biggest problem with these films are these are the world's best hitmen. And in the second the second film, they introduce these bulletproof suits. Which I mean, just give someone infinite lives on a computer yeah, game. Yeah. But if these are the best things in the world, why can no one do a headshot? End of end of film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two seconds yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, just put it put it an inch up and uh So it's the logic of it. Yeah, all, the logic yeah. of it. And sometimes like he'll cover his head with this with this suit. Mm, which makes sense. Yes. But most of the time he's just in a hail of bullets, mm. but no one thinks to just go like just yeah. raise their arm like about an inch and then aim a little bit higher. There are people who wear helmets and they can aim at their head and fire, but then yeah, they've got to do it under yeah. the chin. Yeah. But they don't think to do that with people who um and mm-hmm. all the way through I'm just like this is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there are amazing, amazing um fight shots in this. There is one at the at the Triumph which is genuinely like something I've never seen before. It's it, it takes place in running traffic. Well, it is. It's very busy yes. around there. <laughs> well, imagine a fight that's like a game of Frogger that's yeah. uh, that's going on during this. It's it's something I've never ever seen before. There is one that takes place overhead, which is kind of reminds me of. I think there's a scene in. What's the board, Boardwalk Empire? What's the film on board, the board? What's the TV show on the Boardwalk? Um, where who's the Italian American actor who's Bobby, Bobby Cannavale? Oh, Bobby Cannavale. Right. Bobby Cannavale does it with his um, Bobby Cannavale out, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. That was kind of yeah. So you see him walking from room to room from an overhead shot, and uh, yeah, it was it, like stunning, absolutely stunning. He's got a um, shotgun that. For whatever reason, I don't understand the the logistics of it. It shoots fire, right? So yeah, it's just set people on fire. Um, <laughs> there is a. I mean, the final thing takes place at the Sacre Coeur, is it? Mm. Yeah, um, and it's it's a race against time. He gets obviously you know the Sacre mm. Coeur. We we've been we've been there, haven't we? No, we went to Notre Dame. No, we went to Sacre Coeur oh, as well. Did we? Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember that. Yeah, because we went into a restaurant and then we had to leave because there was nothing on the menu that you liked. That's true. Vegetarianism, yeah. not yes. a major thing. Not in major France thing at in Paris. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. The and one thing that I do respect this for is that the ending of this is very, very understated. It's it would be very easy to just go out for another all out shoot out but this is a more tense and a more considered situation I don't believe the ending of this film mm-hmm. that's I was expecting something to happen which like one shot of something that I didn't get okay um it tries to tell you that it tries to tell you a plot point that is not seen on screen and I don't believe it right um however this fully sets up for more films in yeah. the franchise there and they are have new, said there are new characters yeah. that being there is a film called the ballerina i believe which is based oh, on like characters the characters introduced yeah. there is a tv show called the continental which oh, is based okay. on the hotel right <sighs> okay yeah. yeah i'm i'm not sure i need the um like in like the conjuring world mm-hmm. where where every film now has four different um offshoots i'm not sure i need these things but i'll probably go and see them 
Um, but yeah, this is a really, really fun, um, violent, fun, violent film. And this is 100% like knows exactly what it's meant to be. If Shazam didn't know what it meant to be, mm. this 100% knows what it's meant to be. And yeah, I'd, I'd recommend you catch up on them mm-hmm. because yeah, well, I think they I are will. really, yeah. really entertaining. Yeah. My favourite is still the first one. Okay. Um, because I... I think that's very understated. Um, you know, obviously the plot of the first one is that he's a retired hitman who mm-hmm. now the dog. yes, and <laughs> the they steal the his most. car and kill his dog, yeah, and then he comes cool. out to get them. Good. <laughs> I'm very, very much behind him. And now he's just ended up in a world. Yeah, no, he's yeah, just everyone's back pissed in off the, with yeah, him. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, um, I wish it was shorter, and I wish that there was just a little bit more in there and I wish that they could somehow explain why no one gets shot in the head mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's a lot of fun right that is it that is us back on back on board after a couple of bonus episodes relating to Wrestlemania yes. if you haven't already picked up from this podcast episode and many others before it um, Mark has now been to Wrestlemania so there are two bonus episodes in our our queue one a couple of days before Mark went off to Wrestlemania just talking about what I have now learned is called the card and not just the matches that are going to be shown which is what I would say but yeah um what was happening there and then we did a follow-up podcast uh which we called the after party where Mark takes us through the cards of each night, is that all right? That's right, cards. Yeah. 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 But also things like um, what LA was like, the food prices, um, <laughs> and how much it cost to get beer, and also just f- fun things about wrestling, like did I actually meet a very famous wrestler one night on a on a night out? Hmm. Surprised you've um, not posted that photo yet. But, yeah, uh, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and other, th- other things that I get very confused about, like who is Doink the Clown? You know, still still thinking about that. So, um, it's not just for wrestling fans. I think of Dwight the Clown every day. <laughs> I think it's quite a fun episode, even if you're not into your into your wrestling, couple of fun episodes. I've so, heard a yeah. lot of people say that, which yeah. is entertaining. I'm quite glad Yeah, I'm that, really yeah. pleased about it. We've heard, heard some really good response to it, actually. But yes, it's been a couple of bonus episodes, but back onto a main show here, and then probably back with uh, with some with some more. Pretty soon, over yeah. The, over the next few weeks. So, yes. yeah, we've got some things lined up. So, stick around and see what see what's coming next. And if you'd like to follow us, uh, we are The Honeymoon Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, or a star rating on Spotify, that'd be really, really appreciated. Thanks very much, everyone. See you later.